live from the litter box of Suarez Sulzma. It's the Vocal Minority Podcast. Ahoy hoys, FCers, and thanks for joining us for another episode of Factual-ish Frivolity as we line up in our patented 400 tiki talky form- formation. Pre-show squats are done, groins are limber. Let's meet the panel. As seen on internet audio, I'm Tony Walsh, the sausage roll king of Scarborough and managing editor of Toronto's most erotic TFC blog, The Yorkies. <laughs> it is pretty erotic. It is. Dirty. To my left is the man who will not sleep until every kit sponsor is wiped from every football shirt on the planet, <laughs> Yorkshire's 789th grumpiest man in 2013, waking the Reds managing editor, Duncan Fletcher. Hello. Congrats on going up the ranking. Thank you. With us, as always, is a man who has way more Icelandic football scarves than you do and considers a Washington Diplomats NASL kit as formal dining attire. Writer and graphics guru from the Yorkies, as well as producer of this very show, Dr. Marcus Hinckley. It's a pleasure to be here today. And finally, fresh off the Ebola virus, Vice Chancellor of Peterborough United's Toronto Supporters Chapter. Her dream date is Karl Marx to the smooth song stylings of Richard Marx. <laughs> it's Waking the Red Writer, Kristen Knowles. <laughs> Hello. Those are two names that have never been joined together in a sentence. And I told you that in confidence. <laughs> As Jeremy Jarcinio Hall says, let's get busy. <laughs> ooh, 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 ooh. Much like in the 1987 Academy Award Best Picture Harry and the Hendersons, there was a great fear heading into the wilds around Seattle, Washington, but the supposedly lurking monstrous beast turned out to be a cuddly, goofy good time. Also like the the film Harry and the Hendersons, the first half was a wacky romp while the second half was tense and dangerous. Damn. Dangerous to my sleep, maybe. Mm. Come on. In the end, an unpredictably solid 2-1 win on the backs of newcomers Michael Bradley and MLS Player of the Week Jermaine Defoe. And by the way, in case you're concerned, Harry ended up back in the woods of Washington with a Sasquatch family. That's nice. That's sweet. That's lovely. A little release into the wild program. Good news! What did TFC get right this week? Or this week in Seattle? They got a lot of things right. I think the biggest thing for me was that Nelson's strategy, it hasn't changed much since last season, but with better, more effective players, it's working even better than it did before. Playing up the middle worked wonderful as Osario had somebody to give the ball to, and Bradley, in fact, made his entire strategy look brilliant. Now, granted, they didn't have a lot of control as far as controlling the tempo. A lot of the possession seemed to be in Seattle's favor, but I'm willing to overlook that in spite of being up 2-0 before halftime. Chris Knowles. Well, they won. Really, do we need to say anything else? No. Of course we do, but that was step one. When was the last time... TFC, have they ever won a home opener on the road? Home opener on the road? I doubt it. Oh my god. This is why I drink more coffee. <laughs> the 2009 Kansas, Kansas City. 3-2. On the, with the so grass burn. That's right. Thank Jim you. Brennan. Amado Guevara. Oh my god. See, that's why. It's, like, it's been like wiped from my brain because of that very reason. Children were sitting on the grass berm at right. whatever minor league baseball park the T-Bones, T-Bones. played at. That's right. that's right. Okay, so it's been a long, long time since they managed to win 
their season opener on the road. But I think they got the ball to Defoe. That was what they needed to do and did it incredibly well. And startingly in some ways, I was not expecting that kind of immediate return on uh, our investment into Jermaine. So I think just the fact that he just stepped in and went, okay, yes, thank you. I'll be on my way. I mean, we, I, we all kind of knew he was good at scoring goals, but is it gonna happen that quickly? He didn't really have a whole lot to do in this game. You know, when the ball came to him, he scored, but you know, hopefully in further games going forward, we'll see a lot more of him you know, actually playing with the team and all that sort of thing, and you know, he'll have more touches. But yeah, I mean, what we asked him to do, you know, there's uh, like two chances he took them, and you know, that's something at the very least we have. Now, you know, teams can't just relax, even if you know they're just coming at us wave after wave after wave. You know, if you've got Defoe at the other end, there's a chance and that's something they've got to be aware of. So that's a very handy thing to have. For me, aside from the obvious advantages of suddenly having an, a poacher who only needs a touch to get a goal, a couple of things that stood out for me. I liked that Jonathan Osorio managed to have the maturity to remember to fall back and take a defensive position to allow Michael Bradley to move forward. It, seemed like Michael Bradley didn't have the shackles on him to get forward and make a play. I was worried for a little bit at the beginning. He seemed a little deep, worrying if this was going to be a trend, but as the match wore on, it was nice to see Osoro give him the space and the uh, security to move forward. It's good. Other thing, I mean, I, I think what stood out was the composure of the defense. No especially, panic. Especially in the center. Yeah, no panic. Even even after the goal, everyone's heart was in their stomach, I'm sure, for 20-odd minutes. But there was a lot of composure there, which we haven't seen in the past. And uh, I mean, Caldwell was, for me, he, he was up there in the conversation for man of the match. Just, mm -hmm. he was a rock back there. And, and, and seemed to direct his troops. I, I think, you know, there was a, a few good things. And they were mostly, I don't know if they were so much tactical. Well, I guess the Osori thing was as much as mental. Bad news! <laughs> what did TFC do wrong? It's a 2-1 win on the road. Tough to pick out things that are necessarily wrong, but let's let's say, uh, let's be a bit, little nicer and say, what can they improve on? Really? I mean, I'm having a hard time finding something negative to take away from that match, given that they won it. And maybe it's because the last two seasons especially have been very dark. I'm willing to, I think I've got a much lower threshold of criticism when they play well. So I'm going to go with that. I was blind, and I didn't see anything that was wrong. I'm sure there were plenty wrong, but nothing critical. Nothing to the point where I would say, oh, well, you played like... Sanchez! In this 15-minute period here, you were mediocre. I don't think... I agree with you there in that it's just it's really exciting to see them play well and, and play for a large portion of the game, a fairly composed game, nice attack. But second half, certainly not shining moments for them. They fell back a lot. Some of the subs didn't exactly excite me. I don't think, I think there was noticeable differences when Aura came on for Mark Bloom. I think that as much as many of us enjoyed Jackson's feistiness, I am concerned <laughs> that very shortly he's going to get red carded, not just yellow. He's going to just get tossed out of games and he's going to be our new walking red card. And while, again, it's nice to have a big guy out there who's got some speed and willing to run at players, I also would like mature defense, mature attacking. I, I just don't want to be like, yes, good Get in there. I want to see a team that the same 11 playing every week instead of we have to sub somebody in because he got tossed out again. I think you know, both of those points are fair, but it's very much reliant on the match situation. I mean, as far as Jackson goes, the ref was calling a lot of fouls, but on both teams there, but he seemed completely uninterested in giving yellow cards or anything. So I think you, you've got to play to the ref if he's going to let you do that as a way to stop DeAndre Yedlin or take whoever it would be. I think it was usually Yedlin. 
Mm -hmm. All right, if the ref's going to let you foul him, then foul him. You know, hopefully in other games, if the ref's a bit more on top of things, sure. Uh, Jackson will recognize that and you know he'll realize that he has to defend properly without just the simple foul. Right. So I think that's you know, very much the game situation. Same as well, I mean, with Bradley Orr, I mean, yeah, Mark Bloom looked much better when he was at right back, but I think that was the first half when Seattle was still kind of trying to go through the middle. And the second half, I think like Bradley and Osorio kind of shut down that they were focused very much on the flanks and so there was just a lot more action going down their left wing like attacking our right back than the mark bloom ever saw so again it's a bit harsh on or oh i'm not saying it's not i'm just looking for something to basically i'm looking for sure. something to, to pick on really and those are the things that kind yeah. of stand out yeah the other thing i mean i go with i mean again it's very much the match situation in possession we didn't have a lot of it we were you know sitting back and seattle were really coming at us but sometimes you can only do what you got to do seattle are a good team and they were two nil down they were at home they were going to be going for it you know sometimes you just have to go with you know, what you have and they they did the whole sort of bunker down and survive very well the only other thing I would say about sort of in that it was a good thing that they dropped back, unfamiliar stadium, whatever, the home crowd. But I think the team was visibly tiring as well. They're playing on bad turf. Not, horrible not, not, turf. Horrible <laughs> turf. Not our, not our fancy, wonderful new hybrid turf that's coming. But I think there was some some conservation of, of players' energies. Let's, let's drop back. Let's hold the line. Not have to tire everyone out. They left some people out there for 90 that some people were surprised about perhaps. But I think that had to be part of the strategy as well. I think the only concern I take away from it, and it's hard to call this a concern because it is the first match, coming out flat in both halves. In the first, you know, on the back foot, a team having a better day will punish us quickly the way we came out in both of those halves. Yes, they absorbed the pressure, but that's not going to work all the time. I think they, they were a bit fortunate. Like I said, those are things that can be improved, but if their plan is to go when they're away and absorb that much pressure, that tax is not going not to work that often. Seattle did throw everything they had at them. At the end, it could have gone the other way. Seattle weren't on their day. A better team, I think, will make the most of TFC playing that way. But like we've said, we've all said, a little hard to pick out that or any of these things as a, a real bad thing. Going back to TFC, we're going to go around the table. Now, I think it's pretty obvious that the man of the match was either Jermaine Defoe or Michael Bradley. So, for argument's sake, we'll scratch those two from the list of possible men of the match. Who's your vocal minority podcast man of the match versus Seattle? Jonathan Osorio for that beautiful, beautiful pass. Bloom. He was City TV everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Caldwell. All the reasons you mentioned earlier. And that's who I had as well. I think, <laughs> I think without him... It would have been a much different story at the back and uh, maybe a much different result. On the flip side, again, a good day, but we're going to do this anyway. If you had to pick a goat, a small goat, a goatlet, who would it be? Um, it's Well, it's Bradley Orr for no reason other than... Wow, you have got... I really do. I have <laughs> it for A on for Bradley Orr. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he didn't headbutt anyone? <laughs> no. He didn't get into a fight. That's wow. pretty true. much it. Don't headbutt. You're on a plus. That's true. I have a, obviously have a different standard for All right. You, um, just, you just don't like his face. That's what it is. Um, I'll go with Justin Morrow. No real reason at all, but, you know, he didn't really do anything to particularly stand out. Um, where was he for Seattle's goal? He wasn't in the left back. Um, this is turning nasty. For no It seems very harsh. Yeah. Ask no, the hard hitting. I know, questions. I know. This is hard hitting journalism. There's this no reason to be given this tomorrow, but, you know, maybe the, the worst of a good lot. You'll love him tomorrow. Yes. Hey. Well, the sun will come out then. You guys are missing the on obvious one, and that's Clint Dempsey. I mean, okay, I know. <laughs> so he's not TFC. <laughs> what a wank. I mean, really, what a wank. 
Isn't that a whole and, other like subject? We and sometimes talk about that the whole cast. I mean, I know when I do my absolutely brilliant award-winning match reports, none of which are brilliant or award-winning. Sometimes I'll pick the opposition for their go to the match or for their man of the match. And to me, he was, was the most useless guy on both teams. Now I know he scored a great little goal, but I would like to think if you'd swapped him out with anybody else in a green shirt, they would have potted that same goal too. So I come on now. His hairline, maybe. It's kind of goaty. It is a little goaty. Bizarre. Yeah. For me, not trying to garner a hate on for this guy, but for his Alvaro Ray. A little, a little too much dribbling. Little, yeah, there was a couple times yeah, where he, he was choking it up. He's He, he likes uh, the look of his own highlight reel a little too much for my liking. To be, he's, he's got capabilities. They need to be put into the overall form of this team before they really reap the benefits of his 200000 K salary. But I guess we have him for now since uh, Izzy or Izzy may not be signing, may be signing, who knows. That's a headline and a half. Very yeah. nice. To be fair, to just to give a counterbalance to, to what you said, like, yeah, he did lose the ball a lot, but early on in the match, he burned his marker two or three good times. One resulted in a pretty solid stop, if I do recall, from Mr. Fry. So, granted, they probably just caught on to his trickery and just step into him and you'll get the ball. He just kept thinking, well, I'm going to keep doing this, keep doing this, it'll work. And they just figured him out. Fine, I'll change it to Stephen Fry. <sighs> Goat again, Fry. <laughs> if TFC's on the field, you're losing. <laughs> but he's so nice. So a good result overall, a surprising result. Uh, has this 2-1 victory on MLS first kick changed your opinion of what to expect from TFC going forward in 2014? Or is it? Far too early, and this is possibly setting us up for another false dawn. 2012, LA Galaxy, CONCACAF Champions League. Well, that was a cup fool, match! Fool me, <laughs> fool me once, won't get fooled again. Ask me again in May. For now, I'm still Ooh, in May. on the fence. On the fence. Yeah, it hasn't really changed much for me either. I was, it's just, it's happy to have that for once, but until they string more than one of those. Yeah, I'd like to see two or three wins, several at home, several on the road. No, nothing yet, but really nice to see the win, period. Really nice to just have an important game. I felt like this game actually mattered Mm -hmm. and was going to count towards something by the time they count the points at the end of the season. And as it's going through the game, it was really tense at the end and I cared. And that was nice. That's a good point, actually, to be that stressed out and to care that much about it. Mm -hmm. That's true. I did have a physical reaction and it's been a long time other than like hitting something at the in the 89th minute. So that was good. I would have to agree that I didn't feel panic ball was setting in. Our dear friend of 85th minute is on, what do we do? What do we do? How do we play this game? Who are you? That happens amongst anybody in a red shirt. They looked very composed for that last five to 10 minutes. And I was at the point watching it. I watched the game in its entirety Monday night. I don't think there was a moment during the last 10 minutes where Seattle truly was like, wow, that was close. Everything was Mm -hmm. just, it was, it was batting down the hatches, but Toronto fended them off quite nicely. So does it has it changed your opinion of them going forward? Better or worse? I think Obviously not worse, but the only thing it's really changed is that the gelling that I thought wouldn't take place until say May or June may have started to take place now. I realize that that's optimistic position to take given what we know and what we've seen and how how these guys have come together. But the fact that there was four or five new personnel starting on that pitch and in some ways they looked like they'd been together for you know at least a full season. Like there was not a lot of misdirection where a ball was passed into open 
space on the right and the guy stopped running. It was They seemed to know the, the at least a very basic positioning is what they were supposed to do in every situation. And that is a great comfort. So false dawn, no. They're going to start reaching full speed sooner in the season than even I expected. Yeah, I think the gelling is a is a fair point. I'm I lean myself closer to Duncan's opinion. Seven years takes more than a match for me to hope that things have changed that much. But there was a slight different feeling to the, the club watching them. But I want to see a half season under my belt before before uh, proclaiming half season. Yeah, I want to see a half. I, you know, uh, hey, this is a league where things can change fast, and you can go. And we've seen TFC on some mm-hmm. very long streaks. When the World Cup comes around, when injuries mount up, that's when. I want to see how TFC fares when the depth is really put into service. Speaking of guesstimation sciences, <laughs> you can follow our Vocal Minority Podcast Prediction League, aka I won't. I'm trying not to steal a Waking the Red trademark, but <laughs> are you more employable than Jim Brennan? <laughs> that could be anything. <laughs> As the four of us don't go, don't you da- dare get mad at that token. <laughs> don't you dare. As the four of us go head-to-head trying to (laughs) predict the scores of our weekly TFC fixtures, we've done an amazing job starting. Oh, stellar. Last week, predictions went... We're all tied for first. 3-0 and 3-0 to the Waking the Red crew. (laughs) Mark Hinckley went with a more... Respectable. Respectable, yeah. yeah, Respectable 2-0. I went with a 3-1, and as the music was fading, I did say it was an own goal. Mm, But with the one that morally puts me in the lead. Morally, yes. But points-wise... You hold that moral Points-wise, we are all on zero points. You're maybe ahead on goal difference? Maybe. (laughs) No, actually, we're both at minus two, so... Much like in the 1986 Academy Award Best Picture Star Trek IV The Voyage Home, the Reds have escaped Seattle's orbit and are slingshotting through the sky for their dramatic return to native soil. Then there's something about saving a humpback whale. Home openers are always a festive occasion, and despite the predicted sub-Arctic weather report, this one is the most highly anticipated TFC opener in years. Now, there are few football grounds that experience the weather extremes of BMO Field. The calendar year goes like this. Hypothermia, drowning, pestilence of gnats, sunstroke, monsoon, back to hypothermia. As we face a freezing March day at BMO, here's a choice for the panel. Would you rather be freezing at BMO, on the road for another week, or at Skydome for this fixture? I'll go with freezing at BMO, because it should all be about the team. I, you know, the long road trips to start things off aren't generally a good idea. At Skydome, nobody wants to be playing there. Especially okay. the Argos. Mm. Ah! <laughs> so, you know, I'll, I'll suck it up and, and freeze to death. It'll be better for the team to be playing at home on their proper pitch. I agree. I, uh, although I didn't realize the on the road for another week was an option. Um, I think it's better that we play at home. I don't hate going to games at the Dome. I just hate it. I, I realize there are some that enjoy the comfy indoor confines, but I just cannot stand it. I would rather shiver my butt off than uh, do that again. So yeah, BMO. Unless our seats are in the 200s or the 300s. Nope. Yeah, screw the dome. Just because sight lines. Lord knows we've stood in worse. And a little bit of cold. At least this time, when it's cold and we're there, we're prepared. It's still winter. We got our winter jackets out still. We're not going to go in thinking, oh, it's, well, the, you know, the weather says it's going to be 10 degrees. And when you get there, you get this Arctic freeze coming from the lake through your jacket, through your bones, ice cold. At least we can prepare for it. It says it's going to be 2 degrees. We're ready for two degrees. This isn't that bad. It's not that bad at all. 
Like Danny Glover, I'm too old for this. Sanchez! <laughs> MLS schedule is already whizzle-wazzle throughout the whole year. I don't mind if they play an extra week on the road. I know it's not the best thing, but hey, get the matches out of the way. Play some nicer matches in the summertime. Let me work on my tannage. Anything else? Opening day, no matter how crap the weather is, no matter how crap the team is, to me, it's time of better weather to come. So the sooner we get it over you with... You have been to games at BMO, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, trust me. My season's tickets have become less about the football. <laughs> And more about the event. I was just talking about the better weather ahead. But it's always an indicator that, okay, spring is coming, summer's here, that first home match. It's almost like the official induction for me into the season. So yeah, going to that first game, it's like, hey, now you can pay attention to games. You're now in front of it, captive audience. You can't change the channel because, oh no, they're down 3-0 again. You're involved in it. That's the first kick. I look forward to this regardless of the weather. Not too many of us around this table have missed TFC home openers. One by one, what's your fondest memory of a TFC home opener? For me, I think it goes all the way back to the first day arriving, 2007. Even though it was a crappy green carpet, this was before they had the patio and the uh, King Club and blah, 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 and they had just the iron gates. And it was empty, got there super early. And just coming out from where the streetcars let you off, looking and seeing a pitch and an actual football stadium, to me was all a bit glorious and emotional. <laughs> <laughs> and during the game, that same match was two Armenian fellows sitting behind me who were there solely for the reason of supporting Alechko Eskandarian and would just say, Eskandarian, 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 every time he dribbled the ball and then, uh, <laughs> as it inevitably went to a uh, Kansas City defender. For me, it's the first game as well from the very first season for a slightly different reason in that that was the first professional football match I'd ever been to. I'd played, I'd seen high school, some university, but I'd never watched anything else live. And that was just one of those memories you look back on and it makes me smile. It's just, I was so happy to finally have a, a club to go watch and, a, and, a, and I'm just going to babble. <laughs> Also, in a ridiculously aww. silly. I know. I get it's, like it's very I, emotional. I, it is very emotional. No, it's true. I realize that I'm. This just... also marks only the third time that TFC 2007 was referred to as professional. <laughs> <laughs> true. I'm gonna go with the first, the, the very first game as well. Uh, I, I, well, you know, to me, it was it was kind of a mixture of kind of what you said, kind of what you said. It's being in the stands for that first game and looking around, maybe about 20 minutes in, going, "Holy Sanchez, this thing might actually stick around and work." I'm I'm a sports business nerd amongst all the other nerdy crap that I follow, and early on reports said, "Well, if we draw 13,000 a game, we'll break even." And well, we got a brand new facility for a sport that's effectively unproven as a as a spectator sport on a major scale in Toronto, at least not since the blizzard. And even then, they were never supported this well, even when they won something. So looking around, seeing 20,000 people losing their mind for a bare-bones squad, which they kind of were, that was a revelation. It was Now I'm with 20,000 other people who get it like I do. Also, I take away that before security became very stringent, getting them to allow me to kiss the pitch. Before the opening match. And How people of you. Before yes, the match. Now, before the match. I went well down, then. I went down to the, the southeast corner and, and asked them. I said, this is, I know this is Money. ridiculous, but <laughs> can I can I kiss the pitch? They looked at me like, really? So I, yeah, that's, that's. That's how I would have looked at you. That's what I, that's what I took away from it. It was, that was, a, to Nine. me, that was, it was, it was such a, it was such a beautiful thing. Here's this quote unquote foreigner sport that's now got a home in Canada, a real home, a permanent place. It was theirs. It was a soccer field. What more could I want? Man kisses pitch. 
club doesn't win shit for seven years. <laughs> There's a lesson them. here. <laughs> I know what I'm doing opening day, Saturday. Uh, this is all very emotional here. I get the idea if Eddie Johnson scores tomorrow, you guys are all going to go in some big nostalgia fit and, and love it. Um, I, I'm going to move away from 2007 because I, I wasn't there. Boo! <laughs> Editing uh, another blog, were you? Yeah, something like that. Um, 2011, the, the bold new era of Aaron Vinter, total football, all that sort of thing. And uh, Javier Martina, the shining light of the whole thing. It's like two fantastic goals and good times, good times ahead. He was going to be rookie of the year about oh, the next game. He was golden. Yeah, yeah. No, he was. He was. He was on his way. That is also maybe the coldest I can remember being at BMO Field. Oh dear gods, yes, that was awful. Yeah, much colder than hopefully we will be this Saturday. Oh, just one other thing about that very first day. I remember getting a phone call from my parents at the half, wanting to know if the stadium was actually shaking as much as it looked like on television. <laughs> as everyone was, I think they were fearful for my safety and that it might fall down. As well, you know, they should have. I heard a few screws. That, that was before the, the whole bolt gate a few weeks after Yes, that. yes, it was. Mm. Yeah. Now, Bebo Field's metamorphosis into a CFL stadium was rubber-stamped today by Toronto's City Executive Council. But before it turns into Pinball Clemens Stadium, we're stuck at the Tin Shack for another couple of years. It's still our home. If you could, speaking of homes, pull a Operation Dumbo Drop, which is what? lifted out, get the big helicopter, lift any other stadium in the league, drop it on Princess Boulevard, and make that your new MLS <laughs> stadium. Demo. Which ground from any other MLS city would you take? I will go with Red Bull Arena. That's what they call it we'd be doing it a favor <laughs> taking, <laughs> yes. a little a little my fair lady taking it but take bringing a poor hapless pretty girl out of her terrible neighborhood and exactly mm, yeah. Yeah, kind of pretty womanish yeah uh -huh. except without the hooker thing oh you should see red bull arena's boots uh, i bet they're super classy oh they're high yeah, I'm going to also go with Red Bull Arena, and, and, and it's mostly because any time I've seen photos from inside the stadium, if you didn't tell me it was in Harrison, New Jersey, you could lie to me and tell me it was somewhere in France, somewhere in Germany, somewhere... Austria? Uh, maybe even... <laughs> no, not Salzburg. It looks nothing like Salzburg. It just, to me, it not that there's a proper way a football ground should look, but it looks like a modern football ground, like cutting mm -hmm. edge just looks amazing and no matter what structure they slap on top of BMO Field it will not look as good ever as Red Bull Arena. For me and I know this will elicit groans around the table it's Sporting Park in Kansas uh, City. Why? Why not? Because it's, that's mine too actually. <sighs> What? And I hate them. It's it's got everything I want. It does except it's got Kansas City. Well, no, but exactly. it wouldn't. But it wouldn't because would it would be, be ours. I would be getting a big Sikorsky helicopter <laughs> and eating a big Sikorsky sausage, and I would be flying it from Kansas. I'm plopping it right on Princess Boulevard, right over Pen just, Pinball Clemens Stadium. It's been seed in Bunbury. I don't want that. Uh, nothing. Uh, that's you know that's why God made Febreze. <laughs> Which comes in the same color bottle as Sporting Kansas City. <laughs> Layers. Yes, I agree. <laughs> with, with Kansas? Absolutely. I hate them. How about I get Sporting Park, you get the old baseball stadium. No. You get the grass berm. I'll throw in a grass I berm. I don't want, no. And, I'll take a grass berm. And the T-Bones minor league baseball team. Ooh. No, because George Brett is lurking somewhere in there and I don't want anything <laughs> to do with that. Baseball references. I would take Gerald Renfield if it wasn't for the plastic. And that's a great, mm. thing, weird... 
Yeah, it's Working bizarre. Stadium. I thought yeah. of that too. I thought of, I thought of Portland's ground. It's not called Joe Wenham's. No, it's no. Providence Providence Field. Sure. Uh, sponsorship Field. In However, no, I sponsorship. I hate it, so I don't want to call it by the new name. But if I call it by the old name, that's still a sponsorship. Yeah, I know. What, Sucks. What are you supposed to All do? All right, everyone, settle down. Before that, it was PGE Park. No, it's, it's just called Providence Park. Just pretend it's a neighborhood. Exactly. Just it's just a happy. Okay. What about sure. Providence Park without the famous? noise and support in it. Still like it just because of its, its yeah. odd shape? Yeah. That it looks like it's made of Lego? Out of Premier League stadiums, give me Craven Cottage. MLS stadiums, give me this. It's weird. It, it looks... It's yeah. fun. Yeah, I'm with it. Right. Now, a man's home is his castle, but what feature at BMO Field would you throw in the moat? For me, speakers. Oh, I forgot about that one. That's excellent. For so many reasons at BMO Field. The ear splitting... I, I sound very old here, but I don't care. The ear-splitting music before a match, and all the random cacophony that goes on during the match. What drives me nuts is because I like to follow along with the substitution is, I'll just catch what they say. Mm. And because the speakers are, are at, are they're on the north end of the stadium, pointed inward. Mm. For all the things that they've built up, they've never thought to put one block in the middle of the south stand. Just doesn't have to be at same ear-splitting decibels, but just something that would relay that message. I mean, I realize that's at the expense of hearing who the official bubblegum is and who the official tampon is and who the official... Like, all those... Experiment as a, for both. Is this... <laughs> uh, I'll try them both. So double bubble. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, hey, oh, 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 I can't wait to figure out how that works. <laughs> oh, they never mm. made spearmint double bubble. Mm. The speakers is a good one. Yeah, just uh, be glad you, you don't have seats in 227, which is right underneath these speakers. I've, I don't always sit there, but it's it's really loud there. I you had, complain it's not loud enough in the south. It's really loud over there. I had seats really for the, loud. the under 20 <laughs> World Cup, mm. and mine were, I guess it's 103? It's the opposite side, like, sure. like across the... Across the field from where you are. Yeah. 103, I think maybe 20 rows up. And, oh, there was no confusion who was coming on the pitch. <laughs> I do remember that when, when the one game I watched with Gambia, I don't know who they were playing, but the first anthem, you know, they played, it was really nice and orchestral. The second one, when Gambian played, it was clearly a MIDI file. It was just bleeps and bloops, and it was just so sad. It's like, this is a FIFA event, and nobody's ever thought to ask them, do you have an orchestra recording of your anthem? Did it have a, Could you bring it? Did it have a Yamaha keyboard drum roll in the back? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh, it was. It was. An, it was so tragic. Nice. That to think that that this country, this is the best rendition of their national anthem that they own. Oh, so sad. So I got rid of speakers. What are you getting rid of? That god awful patio. Yeah. Dear God. I'm with you on that one. All iterations of it, but the current one especially. The Bud the Zone. Bud wow. With the truck and the yeah. horrific dancing, like it's just. All of it is bad. All of it is noise. All of it is unnecessary. All oh. of it is useless. All oh. of it is pandering, money grab. Just makes me very, very, yeah. very angry. I do not like it at all. What, well, what happens to all the bros if you get rid of it? They don't come to games. Therefore, double win. They, they chest bump in the food building. <laughs> Bro, let's go to Jay's game. Dude. They've already got the hats on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Flat with the sticker still attached to it. Oh, I, just, I don't need to know how small your head is. I hate that thing. The Bud King zone and speaker is gone. This is already a better ground. Two more. <laughs> um, the like the North End DJ was going to be my thing. That, that's been taken. He's gone. Um, <laughs> He's on his way to Skydome. What else? Basically, I all the halftime entertainment. 
Rachel Bonetta, you no longer exist. Oh, we have one angry listener right now. (laughs) Will, keep listening. All I could come up with, even though both of these are brilliant ideas, overpriced concessions, stupid bitchy intro, and the overmarketing. None of which has to do with the actual stadium itself. Like, I understand that pitch side signage, you know, fine, I get it. It's a necessary evil in a modern game, but fans. Like, I don't need to hear that guy ever say the word fans again. The monster truck announcer? Yeah. 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 Oh, no, a monster truck announcer would be a welcome addition. He sounds like a... He sounds like a guy who's trying to appeal to both middle-aged moms and club goers at the same time. He's trying to be smooth but edgy. Bands. Be sure to check out the new TFC endorsed tampon. Double bubble mint flavor. So we've got rid of the speakers, the bud zone, any halftime thing, although I think we should put the Timbits to work. Timbits, yes. I'm pro Timbits. No problem. They, they can they can get the no paint problem. up our new pitch. Replace with Timbits. their tiny little fingers. <laughs> More Timbits. Two Timbit games. I still think it should be Bradley Orr versus Jackson in midfield. (laughs) (laughs) At halftime, just put the two of them out there to fight each other. It's like bonk. And we're getting rid of the announcer. Yes. There, that's the one I'm going with. All right. Thank you for summing that up. And just a reminder. A reminder to our listeners. (laughs) This podcast is available on iTunes. iTunes. Not that anything in new BMO will be built for us TFC fans, but if you could add one thing to our new expansion mega house, what would you choose? Um, I would say fill in the southeast corner. Simple, effective, rounded. (laughs) (laughs) Holy crap! (laughs) Double bubble tampons. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Uh, mine isn't structural. Um, mine is, mine is you purely, want to laugh it out and then purely, go, no, it's fine. Mine is purely a, a comfort thing. Um, no, I don't want cushion seats. I don't care if they're bleacher seats. I don't care if I stand because I usually stand. I would like working hand dryers. Dear gods, the water is cold. Half the time we're cold and we're wet. I would just like to be able to have some heat on my hands occasionally. So you can hold your prawn sandwich? Exactly. <laughs> you don't want to be inserting a double spearmint tampon with cold hands. <laughs> We need to get jerseys made of this sponsor. Remember, double bubble table. Simple, effective, rounded, fresh. Mom, do you ever wake up feeling not so fresh down there and in your mouth? (laughs) I probably would have funny if I reversed that. Mom, do you ever wake up not so fresh in your mouth? And down there. <laughs> Much better. The Fresh Maker. <laughs> I'm standing on a disclaimer to my parents not to listen to this. Yeah. Episode 29 is one that the Knowles family can ignore. Uh, I'm going to go with a better Dufferin bus. I'll see what the TTC can do as far as... Hey, the city's throwing in a bunch of cash. Exactly. They can throw us in an extra bus route. How about a, another... Uh, I'll take another go train tunnel, too. I, yeah, I was what, actually, a non-hands... Where you're not allowed to hit the walls. <laughs> yeah, what and is with to, those and savages? And you have to walk faster than, you know, two paces per hour. Like, do you guys never leave your house? I want to go home! Boom, 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 boom. Come on! They lost 3-0! Shut up and go on your train! I was going to say something about the train, too. Uh, uh, maybe instead of have a tunnel and a bridge, go over. Oh, Ooh. Fancy. Mm. Also, they used to have it. a bridge. There used to be a bridge there at Exhibition. Oh, it was made of highly flammable wood. It was fantastic. 
Nothing could go wrong if we had that now. Oh, especially, yeah. Now they're allowing flares, why not? If I had to add one thing, it will be to our new patron of our stadium, a 30-foot statue of Pinball Clemens' teeth. <laughs> nice. Illuminating, solar-powered, oh, illuminating the stadium for our night matches. That's great. So floodlights. Yes. One on each corner? Yep. Big, nice. A big rounded grin. Yeah. <laughs> that could work. <laughs> it is a wonderful spot. Either that or an old fat man dressed as a Victorian with a bell. Wait for sale? What? So, yeah, just standing in the side. Ding, 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 ding. So, Rob Ford on a Tuesday. Ah, there you go. Political. <laughs> Time to flop around maniacally on our tethers. It's Bitchy Blanks. Our weekly blankety blank game. So, last week's blankety blank, Bitchy Blanks, was Michael Bradley's head is so shiny. And we actually did have some listener interaction. This week's winner, I handed over to Kristen Knowles, who oversees the Vocal Minority Pod. That's V-O-C-L, Minority Pod. Who was this week's winner? This week's winner is a young man. His name is Gray L.S. And his response was, Michael Bradley's head is so shiny, I can see Russia in it from my house in Alaska. That has layers and circles because we mentioned Sarah Palin last week. Alaska, Alaska Air Airlines. Airlines. That. Yeah. that man's so, a listener. Kudos is, to you, white green tray. Yeah. Yes. For your victory, you get a year's supply of sageful head nods from the panel. God, I know it's an audio, but you missed this all out of your heads. It's so good. And the hmms came right out of your head. Yep. Oh, brilliant. How about for the panel? Any runners-up or other? How about ourselves? Any? Oh, God. My, yeah, mine was... My best one wasn't even that good. It was uh, something like, Michael Bradley's head is so shiny, you could see the future. I went along the same lines. Ball type I, I said Michael Bradley's head... Is so shiny you can see his future trade to New York City FC nice. for allocation. Oh. Mine with Michael Bradley's head is so shiny that it could be used as a signaling device for future DPs. Mm, like the bat signal. But it would just be a round circle, but whatever. We, we'll, we can carve DP in it. Exactly. We'll carve a dollar sign into it. Michael Bradley's head is so shiny that you can see Bradley R in the distance. Oh, now a bit closer. A bit closer. Oh! <laughs> Bradley, no! Take your head put it in. We're on the same team! Mm. Michael Bradley, Bradley Orr. Bradley on Bradley action. Alright, and we did have another entry from one of our... This is our runner-up. This is our runner-up. This is uh, Syrah. And uh, Michael Bradley's head is so shiny, I can see the ghost of TFC managers past in it. That's a big picture. There was a lot of... It's a big head. Yeah. Yeah. I still want that scarf. It would be a double scarf. Yeah. A nice wrap around, yeah. triple wrap around, eighteen feet long, a muffler. That's a Doctor Who scarf. I believe what you're looking for is a tifo. <laughs> <laughs> so we keep playing this week's bitchy blanks, topical as always. Clint Dempsey may have got that too much ban for his ball slapping of Mark Bloom this week, but this week's bitchy blanks goes. Clint Dempsey should get ten games. For blank. We welcome your entrance at Vocal Minority Pod on Twitter and also in the comments section on the website, vocalminoritypodcast.blogspot.ca.
being the first game back down at BMO Field, uh, a lot of the fans want to bring it back to ye olden times with some TIFOs and banners this week. There's a lot of effort going on. What about if uh, you could bring a banner to the game? Kristen Knowles, what would you bring with you? My banner actually is, is appropriate in that we're trying to bring back the atmosphere. However, I don't feel that they have yet perhaps earned our atmospheric love just yet. So my banner would say, you want a song? Prove us wrong. Mmm. Rhymey. From the I album Atmospheric Love. Available now on iTunes with the Vocal Minority Podcast. I'm apparently a lot more willing to buy into things. Mine would be just a, a massive one, like right across the south end, like the one they did for Dickio. Just the word deal. Just four giant letters, red to dripping blood. Big bloody deal. That's funny. Oh, that is, that is lovely. Go. I would try to help our new striker, Jermaine Defoe, by just making a giant sign with an arrow that points at goal that says, Ladies. <laughs> he will irresistibly be drawn to that sign, like the proverbial cockney moth to a flame. Uh, my banner, and, and I don't know if I if I sent it to you. I actually came up with one a while ago, or maybe I was just telling you about it. So uh, it would be, so the idea I had was Gabe Kaplan and his big smiley face and his big fro. You would know that name, Gabe Kaplan, as he played the eponymous Mr. Ooh, Carter. Ooh, ooh. What it would say is it would have his head, big smile, welcome back, D-Row. Touching. Welcome that's, back. That's, that's welcome lovely. Back. Also, I just, uh, to me, to me, Bradley and, and Defoe obviously are doing well with their share of headlines. D-Row, as, as we've previously discussed, <laughs> I'm a fan of his. And, really? And just, yeah, I know. I hide it well. You do. I would would like to show that kind of appreciation for, for the guy, even if it's just for that game. But yeah, I thought that was pretty good. Welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back. We always could spot a friend. Welcome back. And I smile when I think much like in the 1982 Academy Awards Best Picture, DC Cab, a ragtag group with little money and no permanent home are aiming to pull together to upstage their big rich neighbors to the north. Also, Mr. T. <laughs> it's an Eastern Conference battle right off the bat as Kevin Payne's ex-model trains are set to go head-to-head -head at BMO Field. There used to be a super club over there. It's been a while since DC United struck fear into the hearts of their foes. Except TFC, of course. But is this season's United any better? We go to our scouting desk and our senior looking at other clubs correspondent, Duncan Flesher, for a little scouting report on DC United. All right. Thank you very much, Tony. Uh, pleasure to be here. <laughs> um, it's difficult to say, really. We've only had uh, one game, obviously. I, from all I've read, I didn't watch them in preseason, apart from that one game they played against TFC in the fog. What I've read, you know, they seemed to look like they were quite good in preseason, and then uh, real stuff started and they, they shot the bed. Uh, lost 3 0 to Columbus. The Wee Silver got fined for diving. Good times all around. Basically, how it seems like they're, they're lining up. They're going with a 4-1-3-2 kind of thing. In midfield, they got Perry Kitchen just on his own at the back. So I think you know, whichever one of Bradley and Osorio are getting forward should be able to pull him out of position and should find some joy against him. The three is, is Davy Arnault, Nick Deleon, and Luis Silva. And... Eh, again, Bradley and Osorio can, uh, should be able to take care of them, no problem. Up front, Eddie Johnson and um, what's his name, a spindler. Used to be at Salt Lake in New York. Fabian? 
Sure. What's his name? A spindler. I mean, it sounds better than what they had last year, but uh, yeah, I think Eddie Johnson's probably the type of player that Caldwell and Henry can manage, really. No, I don't, I don't think there's really anything to really be afraid of. Okay. Difference makers on either side, other than... I guess Eddie Johnson would be their go-to attacking weapon. Fair enough. Luis Silva obviously being the ex-TFC player. That always seems to haunt us. Except Chad Barrett last week. My mm, yeah, solemn yeah. apologies. It's a shame. Difference maker this week? Mine? Dero. Because he always plays like a son of a bitch against his former teams. Hey. I'm going to be okay with that. If I look long. <laughs> <laughs> Gazing happily off into the distance. Uh-huh. Um, That's a second goal. Everybody can suck it now. Yeah. Ha-ha. Talking of former players, Nana Radakora yeah. at the back. I can't help but think he's not in Jermaine Defoe's class. You know, bless him. You know, he may not even make the, the first team. I, I don't really know. He certainly didn't against Columbus. But it's Jeff Park and, and Bobby Boswell, like the centre-backs they had there. And again, Jermaine Defoe should be able to do very well against them. Like I'd like to I'd look at the team and for them, Eddie Johnson, just because of the massive, I've got something to prove, chip on his shoulder, whether or not he can do anything with that or lay it down and actually focus on the game. Who knows? I, I don't know that he's going to have any sort of standout season with DC just because, well, no offense, guys, but it's DC. Rarified air for TFC to be coming off a first kick victory and an away fixture to boot. Does Ryan Nelson reward that same starting 11 or do we see any changes on Saturday afternoon? I would say yes, he does. Um, I think the only obvious, I'd say there's two obvious changes would be if Gilberto's fit, does he come in instead of Di Rosario? And if so, where do you put Di Rosario? Or do you go with Bradley or instead of Mark Bloom? I'd be fine just go with what we went with on Saturday. Let or be on the bench again. Let Gilberto be on the bench. Hopefully he's fit and can come off the bench. And if you play as well, then gets in the team next week. I'm good with keeping the same 11. I'm unfortunately of the school of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. They seem to win together and lose together when, when they were both accomplishing something good and, and conceding a goal. So because there's no, after one game, there's no real messes in the machine so far, I say stick with it and see what happens. I'm, uh, I'm all for keeping the same 11 and uh, sort of with a add-on to what Duncan was saying about having Gilberto on the bench as a much more palatable option to Wiedemann coming on as the secondhand sub because uh, I would look forward to that. Will the PR machine half of the club allow their DP if he's available to start the game on the bench even if it might be the best tactical or team option? And that's the concern is whether or not I'd be like well they paid for him we've been talking about him he yeah. barely played in preseason no one's really had a chance to uh, enjoy yeah. his uh, his sublimeness if it is indeed sublime. Uh-huh. Uh, so. And hypothetically, if Gilberto does start, whose place does he take? I would say Dero, and then Dero takes Jackson's place, Jackson on the bench, to cover a wide variety of positions. I would agree with that. That makes the most... I wonder if they would just sit Dero, but home opener, Toronto... Against his old club. Against his own club. Yeah, that's not happening. He's, yeah, he's I, playing the whole game. Yeah, I, I could see Jackson or Ray starting on the bench with uh, Dero taking either places. Despite his disdain for playing on the wing, he'd much rather play anywhere than be on the bench. With him on the wing, of course, that means we have no one on the wing. Because, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> because, because. Dero will naturally drift to the center of the pitch. But, uh, yeah, if I had to take a guess, if Gilberto plays, I say Ray or Jackson starts on the bench, which... 
isn't the end of the world. Both of them maybe yeah. bring something different into the match later on. Agreed that maybe the starting line, I, I'm not so sure that Bradley Orr doesn't, yeah, okay, it, I guess depends on how he's, a, you know, how much of a trainer he is in the old Reggie Lamb vein, but yeah. I wouldn't be shocked to see him start in place of Mark Bloom. Uh, only thing, now, not knocking Mark Bloom's performance whatsoever, as the match wore on, Seattle did target his side of the pitch constantly. From a scouting point of view, perhaps they're weary of that and maybe want the grit, headbutt ability of Bradley Orr in there. But there's that, there's no but. <laughs> there's no uh, loss in Mark Bloom starting again, I don't think, with Bradley Orr being a competent replacement. It would be quite the, uh, quite the punch to the nads for hmm. the Bloom to be dropped. <laughs> It's always a special fixture when the capital of the USA goes against the capital of Canada in a match. Burn their White House down again! <laughs> surely, surely the eyes of both leaders will be glued to MLS Live on Saturday afternoon. There's nothing else going on in the nothing. world. Nothing. One of them is going to be wearing the, uh, the opposing team's jersey. <laughs> and drinking a craft brew. Yes, yes. <laughs> Age-old tradition. Yes. Important football. DC United have a beer called tradition. Mm. Yeah. That's their big thing, apparently. Is it bitter? So there's a... probably is. Beer jokes. Yes. Important football question. If you could hire any one president of the United States, past, present, not future, for any role at TFC, who do you elect? Oh, Alexander Hamilton. Alexander Hamilton lost the duel when he fired a shot way over his opponent's head. De Guzman. Which seems apropos for a history of shot takers. Hey uh, I am going nice. to go with uh, Jimmy Carter. Uh, I think his Habitat for Humanity contacts are going to work really well to build Diago's new stadium. <laughs> Look at this. Oh, no, really? my, my, my notes say Jimmy Carter, H for Humanity. That could mean anything. And this is exactly why we don't share our notes. <laughs> Well, I have to change mine now, so I guess I'll go with the Futurama version of Richard Nixon to take over Mo Johnson's old role. <laughs> I'm not a crook. Mine's uh, Bill Clinton. As uh... Just for the sex. Well, well there's that, of course. Um, <laughs> offside relations with Sax that. man and uh, wingman to the entire team. He's got to school the young lads because Defoe will be far too busy to help. In terms of importance, <laughs> is this fixture... Almost more important than last week's victory in terms of setting up a foundation to not have BMO be three mo point field, have it a fortress. Not that it ever was, but to make it a fortress this year. Uh, the next one always is when you're building a legend or perhaps a myth. Wow. Well then, I don't know if I can follow such a great thank idea you. statement. Thank you, Tolkien. <laughs> <laughs> Tolkien. Uh, thank you, Chinese restaurant, for that. I was totally like hedging my bets on this one. Also, but my I don't lucky know numbers now. are six, eight, twelve. <laughs> um, I I said. Well, no, I do. I totally hedged my bets. Yes and no. The win on the road was ridiculously huge, but yeah, it'd be nice to finally have a packed house and have them win and do nice things because allegedly it is a sellout snow or no snow it'd just be nice to have that feeling back there again to start the year it'll be wonderful when the stadium is full at the 30th minute oh yeah it's like old times <laughs> yeah i'd agree this is more important for basically what you're saying that the stadium you know is going to be fullish depending on the weather or whatever there's going to be a bit of excitement and everything if we just kind of on that with a really crappy performance that that would be a shame let's keep it going it's the War of 1812 Derby. Will it be a sacking of the town of York 
or Scorched White House. It's time for our predictions. I'm going with 3-0 again, only for TFC. Uh, with apologies to Nana Atacora, 4-0 Toronto. What? Whoa! Well, then, yeah, hey, I thought know. I was. I thought I was going well, out of control with well, three. I don't. I don't know if you if you heard my previous comments, but Dero. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot the far off gazing. Dero's, I apologize. Dero's gonna get a brace, and uh, he's gonna be a hero again. You can't spell parts of dreamy without Dero. I'm gonna go two 0 uh, It'll be frustrating game until maybe like the sixtieth minute, something like that. We'll score, and then we'll get another one on the break, the eighty-somethingth minute to seal it off. I'm going with a repeat two-one performance. Ooh, something scrappy. To, something to, to give us upset stomachs halfway through the game. <laughs> a two-one win. Okay. Yeah, yes. I know. I know. I'm usually just only taking losses, but this week I'm taking the win. Remember, folks, we all got this wrong last week. Every single one of us. So, uh, so yeah. get ready so, for a loss. So, yes. so, so place your bets accordingly. And we'll follow up next week, see if any of us can break the goose egg in the Vocal Minority Podcast Liga. Perfect season. Going for the perfect season. <laughs> Despite me rolling around on the floor for a few minutes until Duncan gave me the magic spray, we're down to the last few seconds of this week's show. Be sure to join us next week as we will be recapping the 1812 Derby. We look ahead to a tough trip to the Holy Kingdom of Utah, and the Vocal Minority Podcast will be in attendance at the BMO Field Expansion Q&A on Saturday, so we'll be talking about that a little bit and promises of Lewikikor's brand new magic paint, now in Spearmint. Ooh. You know what else is in spirit, <laughs> <laughs> Our news team is always working on hard-hitting journalistic fluff, so before we climb into the VMP news chopper, let's see what's coming down the pipe. Kristen Knowles, who can be found on the Twitters, at KZ Knowles, what are you working on for next week? I am doing an investigative report on the rumors that an exclusive dating service has sprung up in Toronto called Wag World, with only one client, one Jermaine Defoe. Mm, he's cornered the market. When he's not on the VMP motherboard, he's getting the latest scoop. Lord Mark Hinckley at Ignertalk, I-G-N-I-R-T-O-Q on Twitter. What scoops are you hearing about? I am working on an expose on the efforts of the Columbus rebranding efforts. I have spoke with an unnamed Australian law firm to speak to their efforts to get their clients right said Fred finally removed from the crew's badge. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have it on good authority that uh, resolution should be passed. They are deeply dippy about it. Too sexy. Thank you. When the news world is dark, you have to be willing to go into the dungeon. Duncan Fletcher, <laughs> at Duncan D. Fletcher on Twitter. What's the hot story on the streets? Well, there was an interesting question that came up uh, during Saturday's game. Can you hear Toronto sing? Now, obviously, Seattle couldn't. So why is that? So got a, a group of like crack acoustic engineers looking into this problem. Early reports suggest it's to do with the fact that Toronto is 5,000 kilometers away or that like 37,000 people will always make 100 people inaudible. Um, but check back for the full 15,000 word report coming Saturday. That is some controversial science. Yes. Right wow. there. It's, this, that's up there with the evolution debate as far as I'm concerned. As for me, Tony Walsh, follow me on Twitter at the Yorkies1812, where you might catch excerpts from my new TFC erotic novella, Fifty Shades of Gerba. Ooh. Really? I only <laughs> counted like seven. Oh, it, it's the middle is where most of the rings are. Ooh. <laughs> Never thought that was. It's like, a, like an oak. Mm. 
cut him through to see how erotic there he are is. Some, there are some bits that are kind of sunburnt. There yeah. are some that I haven't seen in the sun. You years. gotta look in the folds. <laughs> the sexy, sexy folds. <laughs> Remember, you can subscribe to this show and catch up on past episodes on iTunes. That's right, ladies. We're on iTunes. Hey. hey. And next door. That's right, iTunes? gentlemen for Kristen. We're on iTunes. Thank you. As well, we stream on the SoundCloud. Contact us anytime on Twitter at VocalMinorityPod, no A in the vocal, V-O-C-L, MinorityPod, or on our website on VocalMinorityPodcast.blogspot.ca, where you can leave us comments as well as find us, find, as well as find all the links you need and leave us your best bitchy blanks for next week, or even some banners. We'll take it all. Or even say mean things about us. We'll probably say that too. Yeah, we will. Until next time, keep your feet on the ground, keep reaching for the stars, and get used to it, Toronto. Sure to check out the new TFC endorsed tampon, double bubble mint flavor. Okay, speaking of, we, we found a hashtag. <laughs> by double way. bubble tampon. Oh yeah. I might object to that hashtag <laughs> just a little. What? It's spearmint flavor. We're gonna allow your decisions. I'll consider them furnishings. Okay, be hashtag spearmint. Yes. Bear. I'm. I, I think. The other loss, uh, I'm going to need a, a little moment to think of this because I was going to go with the refs thing, uh, but I said I could come up with something really quickly. I don't know. Uh, hey. I'm <laughs> sorry about that. And your time is up. <laughs> Reiterate the ref thing. Do it. It's, the, it's, it's part of it. It's, it's your segment. Do it again. <laughs> Tell us again. Tell us again. How does it, how's the story go, Dad? Uh, <laughs> and for all the crap uh, you gave me about the jersey, you went about hair for three minutes. Sorry, I've been sitting on that since. Okay, I'm just gonna move my chair over a couple inches. That was brilliant, by the way. I was just like, he's still out here still. This is fantastic. Where would you have DC United play? Mark oh, uh, uh, Baltimore, perhaps? I genuinely like the name, so Baltimore's kind of ruled out. So I guess where I, the best move for me would be anywhere where the initials are intact. It's too bad that that uh, Denver, Colorado, mm. is has already been taken by. It could be somewhere as exciting and football friendly as Davis, California, or Danbury, Connecticut. Mmm, the Dandies. I <laughs> I summer in Danbury. Are you Mark Hingley of the Danbury Hingleys? No, no, no. We're the Hamilton Hingleys. The Danbury Hingleys. They're a bunch of bricks. Damn it! I couldn't see it with the straight face. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. I'm for the Hamilton Hingleys. Those Danbury Hingleys are a bunch of pricks. Well, <laughs> 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 Habsburg. Oh, <laughs> 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 awkward. <laughs> <laughs>
right, so shirt sponsor is Litos. They are the official sponsor, of course. I wish they had an unofficial Multi sponsor. Multi-year. I know. I think mm. there should be more uh, unofficial sponsors. Who would yours be? Of what team? DC United? Sure. Uh, it's I'm, obvious, isn't it? I'm going to have to go with uh, <laughs> double bubble tampons. <laughs> double bubble spirit tampons. Uh, the uh, Fresh Maker. Thank you. Uh, I'm glad you asked. Uh, they are the official sponsor of the Vocal Minority Podcast. <laughs> That's why everybody's breath smells so <laughs> fresh. Just backing away from that one all uh, together. Uh, I should just take all the outtakes and have it be this entire <laughs> line. Just like every time it's been brought up, that's the cut. It's just just five minutes at the end talking about double bubble spearmint tampon. 